Do they uh, <coughs> both come in the box out here that folds into the cowboy hat? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure you could fold the box into a cowboy hat if you really wanted to. A lot of people who drink Pilsner, they want to. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that was a thing, but now I'm curious. That might just be an Alberta thing. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. How the fuck are they going to sell those out here? Or like, who the fuck <laughs> is actually folding a fucking cowboy hat in BC? You know what I mean? These people out here in the city. Like, even, even if you can convince one of these Vancouver 20-somethings to buy a case of Pilsner how are you going to convince them to fold the fucking cowboy hat yeah they'd be more likely to uh, pick up a several hundred dollar flat brim hat made out of the finest sheep's wool mm. you know the kind oh. that would disintegrate instantaneously if it touched water naturally they think this is a decent hat what are you doing <laughs> yeah, that's a good point James hello How's it going? Aside from the aside aside from the like barbarian rage that comes whenever my computers dare disobey me for even a moment, uh, things are actually going pretty okay. James already knows this, but uh, like two weeks ago, I thought I had the Rona. Oh, but I did get tested. It wasn't the Rona. Right. But <laughs> like, what, what what kind of symptoms did you have? Oh, all of them. God damn. How about the rest of the fam? How are they doing? Everybody seems to be getting better. Still got some tummy troubles, so I think uh, <laughs> it's probably some kind of parasite. But we all right. went away to the uh, to the island and uh, went up island to buttfuck nowhere. So, That's cool. And everybody got it at the same time, so uh, probably some kind of waterborne illness of some kind. Fever, fever, maybe. Could be. Love that hey. beaver fever. Always got it. You gotta watch out for them waterborne illnesses, man. Those ones will creep up on you. They will. They'll creep right out of you, I'll tell you what. I also went away this last weekend. <clears throat> Where to? To a cabin in Colmont. And? How was it? It was great. We roasted uh, hot dogs. Nice. And toasted marshmallows. It was a nice low dose, so I didn't like go to Mars or anything, but... Okay, fair. But, just it, but that, that was my intention. That was like what I wanted. Yeah. I was just like, just have a cool, chill fireside oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Especially when you you're in a place. You want that, not Mars. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. When, when you're in a place you haven't been before, too, like that sort of thing can really creep up on you fast, you know? So that's that's probably the way to do it. And then all those good vibes were completely undone by three to six minutes of slight computer problems, which were solved <laughs> merely by waiting for a short period of time. <laughs> Also, the doom. The doom also takes away from a person's good vibes and general chillness. Mm-hmm. How perilous our sanity is. You know? Yeah. Um, That's let's talk to some people. And if doom scrolling gives you cancer, then um, I know some people who are at like stage four. I myself am maybe at like stage two. You know? Yeah, Which... I've really stopped the doom scrolling. I've just really doubled down on memes. What the fuck is doom scrolling? That's when you're going through your social media feed and you just keep breezing by these headlines that are really sad and scary and you're like, man, this sucks, but you don't stop. 
You just keep doing it. You keep absorbing more and more bad news. Right, yeah, okay. And eventually it starts festering in you like a cancerous tumor. And you have to, like, take time off from, like, the world and, I guess, also work so you don't, you know, take the quick way out of your 12th floor apartment or whatever, you know? I feel you on that one. Actually, I dipped into an Ask Reddit question today that was, like, what was our waiters and waitresses of Reddit? What was the worst, uh, like, stand-up experience you've seen? Like, somebody getting stood up by a date? And mm. two comments into it. I'm just like, man, this is the most depressing thing I've ever seen. One guy, his wife had just passed, and it was their anniversary two months later, and he's pouring the champagne for her. It's just like, man, what am I doing here? Why am I reading this? Fuck. If you want to go even farther down that rabbit hole, there's there's a multi-Reddit that collects all of the Reddit drama subreddits into one place. It's just an infinite scroll of like our relationships and oh, just I, nonsense. I, I, Am I, I the asshole? Yeah. All those. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is yes, you are. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you feel unsure enough to ask, <laughs> chances are you are indeed the asshole. At least partly. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Hey everybody, welcome to Press X the Podcast for the week of September 21st, 2020. This is episode 320. I'm your host, Paul. Alongside me today, I've got my best video gaming buddies. That's James and Rhett. Hello, 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 good people of the video game universe. It's good to be back once again. Another We're two here. weeks have passed, yeah. Uh, we can't be stopped. No. no Ain't no, nothing no. can stop us. Absolutely no. not. No uh, amount of doom scrolling. Which we were talking about just before the show. Fuck the doom scrolling. I just found out what that was for the first time. I don't like it. I don't like it. You realized quickly that you had indeed been doing that? uh, Man, I try to stay off the social media as best I can, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard right now. But no doubt, no doubt. But to your point, yes, when I'm on there, yeah, no, I'll, I'll... I'll doom scroll a little bit. Yeah, man. I mean, it's tough out there. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what's tough as anything. That's Microsoft's credit rating. Wow. Because yep. Yep. Uh, they spent $7.5 billion on uh, buying Bethesda. They just yeah. bought Bethesda. Wow. All of it. Eight yeah, studios. For for a point of comparison, just to give you an idea of how big uh, an ask this is, um, Disney spent $4 billion to buy all of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And like $3 billion on all of Marvel. Yeah. So Bethesda was worth more then Marvel and Star Wars to Microsoft. <laughs> so like, let, let's like break it down. What did Microsoft actually get with this $7.5 billion? Because they purchased not just Bethesda, but they purchased uh, ZeniMax, which is their over the overlords of Bethesda and all their other subsidiaries. So yeah. they got Bethesda Softworks. They got Arcane. They got all those Bethesda adjacent studios. They got id they got all that tech that goes along with id, like the id tech engine. Never mind the IP, which includes the Elder Scrolls, Fallout, 
Doom, Wolfenstein, Dishonored. Like, it, it goes on and on and on. This is an insane amount of content and a huge, huge ad for Xbox. Holy shit, yes. They've been... I remember when they first started talking about, like, I think it was, like, in 2019 or something, I think, when they were talking about, oh, we're going to start buying up studios because we want to make sure that everybody gets to play a lot of games and that we own all of them. Mm-hmm. And we thought, oh, that's cute, Microsoft. That's cool. Looks like you got Avalanche. That's pretty neat. And then they turn around and buy fucking Bethesda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When they started buying studios and one of them was like Compulsion Games, you guys are missing the point. What you're missing is the big budget, the big talent. And, uh, well, they got some big talent. They sure did. I'm, I'm yeah. curious, like, is the plan to sell more Xboxes with this move? I gotta no. believe this is Game Pass. This is yeah. a Game Pass move. Right. Uh, Microsoft doesn't, like, this is just... This isn't based on anything. I don't know shit about Microsoft. Don't listen to me. But it seems like their entire marketing success strategy is tied up in making sure that as many people are rocking Game Pass subscriptions as humanly possible to the point where they're basically ready to just give you a fucking Xbox so long as you commit to two years of the service, which, like, I get that, like, regular subscription money makes you a lot of money god knows blizzard was able to rake in a pretty substantial amount of income that way but i don't think they turned a huge profit with wow and like netflix for example runs on a subscription model and i don't think they're actually profitable yet i think they're still growing the brand so that they can be profitable one day and they're like the biggest name in entertainment right now. Um, so I feel like Microsoft is more than anything flexing their huge wallet muscles and being like, look what we can spend money on. Cower before the size of our fucking bank vaults. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah. To put this into perspective, like Game Pass into perspective, they just crossed, they announced 15 million subscribers. So. 10 bucks a month for all those 15 million people that comes out to like 1.7 billion a year just from game pass, which is a mammoth amount because uh, I was reading somewhere. I can't remember what the exact number was, but all of PlayStation makes like eight or 9 billion in a year. Mm. So game pass having grown to the scope that it's at right now is pretty crazy. And adding additional content like this is just going to make it grow even further. Like, how high can this go? I think arguably Game Pass could be bigger than Netflix. And it's part of a tiny part of a company that already makes lots of money. Yeah, if if all this stuff is going to be on Game Pass, I'll subscribe. I'll subscribe. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to make sure I have that subscription. And Phil did say that all of the Bethesda games when they come out will be on Game Pass. And so, but if I'm getting hit with Doom as well, and mm-hmm. right, and like Fallout, Wolfenstein, Elder Scrolls, Wolfenstein, yeah, my goodness, my goodness. Yep. Uh, they did say also that because Bethesda has recently made a couple commitments uh, to Sony as far as console exclusivity goes, 
that being Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. And they said that both those things will still happen. They will still come out on PlayStation at least first. Right, so, so that that's the other thing, though, is, like, I have no concerns about these games coming out on other consoles. I think Microsoft, they've kind of laid down the groundwork with Minecraft in that they take a cut off of every digital copy sold on the PlayStation Network or on the Nintendo eShop. And I'm, I, you know, I mean, this is a, this is a big company first and foremost, you know, they're, they're about the dollar first and foremost. So I would imagine that, uh, you're going to be seeing fallout for many, many years on Sony systems. You know, you're going to be seeing elder scrolls on, uh, you'll probably see the next elder scrolls on the next Nintendo system. I would imagine. People, anytime anybody's like, oh, it's only going to be on this console. Like. 90% 90% of the time, what they actually mean is it's only going to be on this console for like six months. Yeah. And then we're going to do other platforms because we like money. And like, that's fine. But just, you know, be upfront about it. Just yeah. sure. You're all, 100%. You're all Scrooge McDuck. Like, we Own know it's shit. coming. We know it's fucking coming. So, yeah, be upfront about it. Yeah, I do think most things will end up coming to multiple platforms, but... I wouldn't be surprised to see them keep a few key things as Xbox PC exclusives. Um, For sure. Hard to say what those would be. Probably the ones that are are most Xbox adjacent. Like, I could maybe see that being Elder Scrolls since they have that track record of Morrowind coming out on Xbox and Oblivion leading the charge on the 360. I could see them making that choice at least for a couple of years. But Skyrim changed the game with the Elder Scrolls. Skyrim has come out on everything, including, uh, you know, your smart fridge. Yeah, so, maybe yeah. maybe Starfield then, as, since that's a new IP, yeah, and Xbox yeah. desperately needs uh, exclusive IP content. Yeah, that's I, I think that's a, a safe bet, fair bet. I don't think they really need a lot of exclusives if they're putting shit out day one on Game Pass. I don't think they ever need to have exclusive IPs again if they're yeah. putting shit out day one on Game Pass. I think they I think they win that race by default. <clears throat> people well, they, win like, a, they win a race. Yeah. Because I've seen people online being like, this is so amazing. If you don't want to spend the 70 American dollars it's going to cost to buy these games on PlayStation, you can get it for almost nothing a month on Game Pass. Which... Okay, not to be the sour Sandra of this conversation, but anytime people talk about Game Pass, they talk about how there's like 100 100 games out for it. And they were talking about how there's 100 games out for Game Pass when when the service first launched. Am I to understand that games like Netflix shows eventually vanish from that service? Yes, they do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah, most of the big ones rotate in and out, especially the third-party ones, like uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 just left not that long ago. But most of the core Microsoft ones seem to stick around, like Master Chief Collection, Gears of Wars, those are always on there. Yeah, you'll find Forza on there always. Yeah. Okay, so, like, it could be that for people who like to actually own things 
something like Game Pass doesn't hold any power over them. And it's only for transitional, uh, who gives a shit about owning stuff kind of people, or, you know, people who are pretty broke, that that's going to really appeal to, which is admittedly a significant uh, section of the gaming population. I myself am not as committed to owning things forever as I used to be. I'm, you know, changing as I get older. Yeah. I, the One thing that kind of bothers me about the Game Pass model that is if you do become someone that gets invested in a game and you're playing it quite a bit and it leaves Game Pass, but you're the kind of person who also bought horse armor, <laughs> you suddenly have horse armor that you can't play without doling out cash for the actual product, despite having, you know, quote-unquote paid for the product through Game Pass. Which is kind of a weird place to put your your customers in. Yeah. I think they're kind of hoping that people don't get wise to that trade-off, right? Where they're like, oh, it's so cheap. Hopefully you don't pay attention to the fact that that 100 games number never really moves and it's always going to be a hundred. So if we introduce something new, something old inevitably leaves. Mm -hmm. And like, I think, I think it's going to work pretty well. I think a lot of people are going to be pretty up for it. They're going to be ready to, to hop on board that ship. I'd also like, say though, that number doesn't mean much when, I mean, last time I was on game pass, there were 75 games that I would never play. You know, and I know that's just me, but I'm sure that uh, many other people feel the same way. Uh, what does you know? What does hundreds of games mean when a lot of it are old Xbox arcade games? You know, I have uh, I have shit on Steam that I've never opened one time that I bought years ago. Mm -hmm. So like, for a lot of people, I think the promise of having tons of games doesn't really mean anything because you need time to play those things you know yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, when it came out for sure there was certainly a lot of those less interesting games um but looking at the list now it is pretty strong top to bottom like you got uh, the most recent destiny 2 dlc and all the rest of destiny 2 uh, Resident Evil 7, nice. the last Ace Combat game, uh, Alan Wake is on there. Oh, that's cool. Astroneer, which is a cool game. Arkham Knight, all yep. those rare games, Battletoads, Blair Witch. You know, there's Man. lots and lots of games that, that everybody can play. And I know for myself, I'm on there like once a month and I down <clears throat> on the store, I mean, and download six or seven things that are new. That maybe I touch and maybe I don't, but they are there. Yeah. I agree with James. I really do. You know? Uh, the, the, all the games being there doesn't mean anything if I don't have the time to do it. That's also something that I've heard out of the mouths of Microsoft people quite a bit lately as well is how do they deal with that? Because when you've got this platter of 100 games in front of you and you can play any of them at any time, if you bounce off of one, you're never going to come back to it. So making games really, really sticky and interesting and fun right up 
front is something they've become super invested in and something um, they talked about quite a bit for Gears 5 as they wanted it to be engaging immediately and have people, you know, stick with it for the duration of the game because there's so much freaking content in there. Whether it was successful specifically in that game, I don't know. Um, but it is something they're at least thinking about. Yeah. And I don't know, the problem of like stimulus overload and like the overpresence of video games is definitely not a uniquely Microsoft problem. Um, like it's as well as being a horrible issue in PC, even like PlayStation has managed to create this problem for me, even just by offering two games a month through like PlayStation Plus. <laughs> It's too many. Even that, even yes, even that is too many. It's just because they're all like huge sixty-hour monstrosities. I'm like, fuck you, man. I don't have the time. Yeah, they got some good shit on there. Finally, PUBG came to came to the PS Plus deals. Oh, thank oh God. God, this month. Yeah, yeah. I've always oh wanted my... to try PUBG. <laughs> we'll see. I'm sure. Sign me up for yeah. the shittiest version of an overplayed, exhausted <laughs> fucking trope. Oh, Please, yeah. pump it right into my fucking veins. 100%. Please. Please, just get it in. Yeah, what else did they have? That's Street Fighter V on there this month as well. Yeah, I don't have the time to learn that either. Mm-mm. But I'll, I'll definitely do some, uh, you know, punch, punch, kick once in a while. I can be convinced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not very well. Oh, hell no. No. <laughs> not online. <laughs> oh. Against God. the training dummy, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. A roommate plays a lot of Street Fighter V, and uh, the people online take that shit very seriously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you could say that. Very, very seriously. The other thing, this uh, past couple of weeks, we know the price of the PS5. We Thank do. God, finally. And uh, as a lot of people expected, except for the people who were like, no, it's going to be $600. Uh, it came out at three ninety nine for the digital version and four ninety nine for the uh, disced edition. Yeah, three ninety nine for the digital man. Very fair, very fair. I think that's gonna make a lot of people happy. Great price. Yep, absolutely. And it's like the same console except without a disc drive, totally. basically, right? Totally. Like I, I, I gotta go with the disc version just because I feel like. I don't want to be shut out from collector's editions for an entire generation, you know? Every now and then something cool comes out that I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, the like the MGS5 collector's edition. I wanted that. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go with the more expensive one. But, I mean, the more expensive one isn't that bad either. Yeah. And for people who are on a budget, if you're looking at the digital PS5 versus the Series S, it's not that much of a, a monetary jump for what is quote-unquote the full-fat next-gen experience, uh, you know, twice as much storage, and something that is not uh, compromised in any way. Not that the Series S is super compromised, but you're not going to be left behind. It's not going to be the first thing that falls off the turnip truck. Yeah. So I thought maybe we'd cover the rest of that little PS5 showcase, because they showed some stuff. Like holy shit, did they ever? They showed some fangs. Fucking Final Fantasy 16. 
yeah, what the hell is this? It doesn't even look like Final Fantasy. But it what? looks like it looks like a fucking uh, like a perfect amalgamation of everything that they've been learning over the past several games, you know? The combat yeah. from 15, refined in 7, now expertly delivered in 16. Like, man, it looks so fucking fun and smooth. And <laughs> These battles look like they're going to be the most... I don't know if intense is a good word, but just, just like the most, uh, I don't know, engaging. Mm-hmm. Like, God. And then the story. Like, man, it looked like a fucking... I don't know. Like it, it certainly didn't look like Final Fantasy. It it looks like they're going to bring the appropriate amount of gravity and awe to the summons, which is something they try to do with basically every game. Mhm. Like they have these huge cool monsters they've developed back in like the early 90s and they're like, "Man, we have to make these things seem amazing." And they mostly pulled it off with 15, but like I think they want to take it a little bit further with 16. Also, I've seen people be like, that doesn't look like the Final Fantasy I remember. No. And to those people, I have actually kind of a long and complicated response. <laughs> you see, like I was, I'm not going to say like, oh, fuck you, because no, no, it's not like that. Basically, the Final Fantasy team decided really early on that turn-based combat is for chumps. And for like most of the franchise's history, they've been trying to move away from that in a way that they feel properly encapsulates that RPG feel while still like not being totally fucking boring, which turn-based combat can be. And like they've been iterating on this with basically every game since like four, I think. <laughs> yeah. So like four and upward, they've been like, oh, we're with active time battling. And then they've been trying to incorporate that more and more and more. So that battles are like this fast-paced, intense thing that's also strategic at the same time. And I don't know for sure, but based on every game that's come before it, I have to assume that 16 is going to be a further evolution of this core idea, which is something that's been happening slowly but surely, again, since the early 90s. And for people who are like, I want it to be like it was, and like, they don't, and the fans don't. (laughs) Or yeah. like the Japanese I'm, fans. But for those people, there are other games. Yeah, yeah. There's, like there's games uh, like Octopath Traveler, which is an outstanding turn-based game. Yeah. Holy shit is it ever. Um, Bravely Default is another great example yeah. of them like finding that good middle ground between for fast-based turn-based battles. Like That's where the people who want to keep making those kinds of games go is to some of the side, uh, the side studios to make like Bravely Default and Octopath. And like, just like really terrible phone games, but they make a new one like every six months. Yeah. Like it's you, people people forget about this, but a the mobile market in Japan is huge, and b there are so many Final Fantasy mobile games, so many it's unbelievable. <laughs> um, like you could you could like run out of space in your goddamn phone just installing all of them. also your credit card that would suffer too, but it's fine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like it the the combat might seem like a departure, but it's the like continuous uh granular evolution of an idea they've had for like decades. And um also, if the setting doesn't feel like Final Fantasy, I'm very confused because the setting for Final <laughs> Fantasy changes drastically for every single fucking entry. Yeah. Yeah, they've just gone back to that pure high fantasy that 
it used to be which i think is is a cool move they've done they've done the sci-fi they've done the steampunk for long enough let's let's go back to our roots and see what we can do with this and yeah i'm 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 fucking fully on board it seems like they're telling a way more mature story too because you know that kid gets splattered with blood as someone's head is chopped off i can't remember anyone being beheaded in a final fantasy game before um there's a final fantasy type zero game that came out for ps vita and then ps4 Mm. that's like also pretty brutal (laughs) that dude's getting chopped eh yeah like it's a it's a it's like a war taught in the classroom setting okay Uh, yeah yeah. so like a bunch of high school kids murdering other high school kids and adults Oh, oh shit! And it's it's not like oh I hit you with a magic attack and it blew up and you fell down. It's like oh oh he's yeah. very dead. Yeah no <laughs> bitch I hit you with the cleaver in the back of the head. <laughs> yeah. Okay okay. Yeah so it's it's not fully unprecedented although it is kind of unusual for a Final Fantasy series. Interesting. This does look like it is way off though, like not yeah. coming anytime soon. Oh for yeah. One, for one they showed it like at, on a PC emulating the PS5 experience. And two, it outside of the combat, which looked really, really good, it did it just didn't look that polished yet. Yeah, like all the character models for the cutscenes felt like Yeah, you guys put that together in a short time, and that's fine. Yeah, like it it needed to be more properly lit. I don't know if they need to add ray tracing or whatever, uh still, but uh always, always it's, more it's ray gonna tracing. look amazing when it's done because some of those models, especially the the summons like that giant titan, looked phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm perfectly willing to wait. I basically bought a PS4 for Final Fantasy VII, the remake, and that shit didn't happen for, like, five years until after (laughs) I got it. And it was fucking worth it. Yeah, man, fully. Moving on, I want to talk about uh, James's launch game of choice, Demon's Souls. Nice. It's more like the launch game of no choice. Like, I know what's going to fucking happen. November's going to roll around, and they'll be like, Hey, James, you got yourself a PS5? And I'll be like, Yep, just a couple of days. And they'll say, For some mysterious, unfathomable reason, nobody wants to cover Demon Souls. Do you want to do it? And I'll say, Fuck no, and start the download. <laughs> <sighs> I'm conflicted because I... I know that it's not the game for me. It's not something I'm going to enjoy. But out of that whole showcase, that was the thing that I looked at and went, fuck, that looks next gen. It looks so good. It's something I was reading about because um, at uh, Waypoint, uh, Patrick Klepek, Klepek or whatever did uh, a big long interview with a guy who's like pathologically obsessed with the Soul series. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about all the little differences he saw in the trailer between the original Demon Souls. And he brought up something really interesting, that there's something called a world tendency system in Demon Souls, where, like, parts of the game and enemy placements and environments and characters will change depending upon certain elements of your performance. Like, if you're dying a lot or if you kill certain people, if you take certain actions then parts of the world will get like darker or weirder or better or whatever. And I think that's something that has a lot of potential to be really cool. I'm conflicted about what the combat's going to be like. 
because it's a remake, so presumably it'll have more modern, smoother, faster, flashier fucking combat. But Bluepoint, the studio handling it, is kind of known for like really faithful, uh, perfect recreations of the original product. Yeah. And I feel like maybe the like terrifying, nonsensical, brutalist game design philosophy that went into Demon Souls. Because this was before the company found a full-time publisher and before, like... Because it was just Atlas that did Demon Souls. Like, those are just the people you go to when you're like, well, we need somebody to publish this tiny niche Japanese game. And, like, they had no blueprint yet for the series. So they made all these, like, confusing, punishing violent design decisions that just were served only to like alienate the player and make them feel small and weak and helpless in a large scary world and like fucking man i don't know if y'all are ready for that shit <laughs> i know that i'm not but yeah. i'm i'm really curious to see if if you're right and if they did follow that really faithful recreation or if because now this is kind of going to be sony's one one of their two big launch titles are they going to make some concessions are there going to be more accessibility options or or even god forbid difficulty options if they do that they will immediately and irreparably alienate a massive chunk of the install base i mean they did say that they have fine-tuned the game to make sure it remains fresh and appeals to new users accustomed to modern controls and experiences whether that means less skilled players, remains uh, to be seen. Yeah. I don't know. That uh, that reads to me as we gonna fuck you up. We're gonna fuck you up. Yeah. In this way, yeah, we hope Demon Souls is both parts new and familiar, welcoming to veterans and newcomers alike. Yeah, fucking right. I don't well, have see here's the here's the important thing. The guys who make the Souls games are convinced, like almost religiously, <laughs> that they make the games that anybody can beat given a little time and patience and perseverance. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's their design philosophy. Like, oh no, anybody can beat these games. You just have to put in the work. And to them I say, yes, theoretically. Yeah. Also, fuck you. But you know, because it, it, it's unfathomable time and impossible work. And I just, but you know what? It is, it's, it's a very bold move to make a Souls game a launch title. Well, thankfully, they are putting it alongside probably one of the most accessible action titles and characters in any universe, that being Spider-Man. Fuck yeah. Because who doesn't love to just web-sling around? Even if you are no good at the combat, uh, just flying around the city is pretty, pretty much a good time. Yeah, web-swinging uh, with no loading as well that's really what they've been boasting about with these new spider-man games is that it's going to be instantaneous loading boom 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 yeah really looking forward to that um i mean i think insomniac did a pretty outstanding job with the original in terms of hiding where things were loading in yeah Yeah, if you if you really got close and started picking apart things you could see where stuff was popping in as you swung through the city Mm -hmm. but you know, from a grand scale, it wasn't that apparent. So I'm really curious to see because they haven't really shown what that looks like up to now. They did some combat and they did some walking around, but 
We haven't seen a good long web slinging. Yeah, I, I hope that this generation solves, and I think that it will from everything that they've been saying, yeah. but uh, I hope that this generation solves the issue of, like, if you're on top of the Empire State Building and you look down, there are maybe two cars that are driving along the street, you know? Like, all those assets, like people and vehicles and stuff like that, they just, they, I mean, <laughs> I guess the systems weren't able to handle them, so they just had to kind of pull them out. Mm-hmm. Uh with these new games like i hope that miles morales and spider-man remastered i hope that they fix that issue and that the the i guess that like you know asset draw distance becomes a lot more refined i suppose um it was a big problem in gta as well you know you'd go up into Mm -hmm. your penthouse and you'd look outside and it was so frustrating because that was in the trailer you'd be in your penthouse and outside there would be fucking cars ripping down the highway and jets flying overhead and all this shit happening on but you look outside and it was just an empty world so (laughs) i really hope that that is fixed uh with these new spider-man games um did you see any of this information about remastered about this uh this spider-man remastered coming out yeah for for the unaware you can play the PS4 version of Spider-Man on the PS5 with the backwards compatibility boost mode or whatever. No. But if you want the remastered original version, you have to buy it with Miles Morales. Oh, is that how it is? It's coming grouped with Miles? Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. See, I thought it was going to be like another like standalone thing they were doing. No, and well, the cool. uh, the bundle of Miles and the original game remastered is the regular price of all the other PS5 games, uh, so 70 right. American. Okay, well, if there's two games in there, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, uh, I mean, it's I mean, kind of a slippery slope for what you think about them charging money for a game that potentially you already own. And have beat multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. I've only beaten it once. I can probably go back for another round, especially if the city looks really amazing and full and lush and loads instantly mm-hmm. and, you know, all that jazz. Right, yeah. Like, I agree. I would totally go through it again. Plus, Spider-Man is just really fucking good. Yeah. So, I, so you know. I, I remember saying it months ago on the podcast. I It's it's a fucking 80 gigabyte game, but I keep it on my hard drive always because there's nothing like just jumping in and doing a little bit of web swinging for 10 or 15 minutes. It's so mm-hmm. relaxing. It's so cathartic. Uh, what did you guys think of what they showed of Miles? He looks really cool and relatable and like earnest. And um I just I got all I got super emotional. I got all pumped up and hyped and and choked and just like so fucking so fucking ready to dive into this world. And I saw and he was on screen for like a couple minutes. Just a couple minutes of screen time doing a couple things saving a couple of cars and plummeting into the water. I was just like, man, this fucking kid, this fucking kid just got so much heart. I love him already. I want to protect him. I want him to protect the city. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, I'm so, I was so there immediately. Yeah. I thought it looked like more of the same, to be honest. (laughs) Man, do do you mean like, what do I think of miles, the character or what do I think of what they've shown off just of this game? I mean of the game, but of the character as well. Well, uh, Miles is a fine character, absolutely. Um, but it's it's more of the same of what we saw in the first game. Like, I don't think that Miles, the, the, the new game, looks any better than Spider-Man PS4. 
Um, I know it'll. I run think if better. you put them side by side, you would see the differences a little more readily. But I agree with you that from a distance, just watching them play the game, I'm like, yep, this looks like Spider-Man. Right. Yeah, he's just yeah. got way more particles and stuff happening uh, sure, all over 100%. the place. Um, but yeah, like as far as I mean, the character goes, it's just more of the same. It's, it's just Spider-Man. He's just flipping around. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I don't think he has any more heart than than Peter did. I think in terms of gameplay, uh, the real benefits, the upgrades, the like, the cool new shit. I think that's not going to be readily apparent until people get some like proper hands-on time of the game. And then we'll get because like before then, you're right, Red. It just it, it just looks like more Spider-Man. But but I, I should say as well, like I'm not saying that is a bad thing because I think yeah. the Spider-Man PS4 was fucking amazing. So like more of the same is not a bad thing by any means. I do really like that the, it feels like they're bringing some of that swagger and some of that flavor from the Spider-Verse version of Miles to this mm. game, just in how they've uh, how they've styled some of the trailer music and things. It's It's got a little bit of that, that swag that that movie had, which I find incredibly attractive because that's uh, such a rad movie. Oh, God. Is... Nick Cage Spider-Man not the greatest Spider-Man ever? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got to be. He's right up there. Yeah, no. Spider-Verse is really cool. Uh, What else did we see? We saw that uh, Hogwarts Unleashed, Hogwarts Unlimited. Yeah. Remember when this footage, like literally this trailer leaked like a year ago? Yep. You guys remember that? Yeah. <laughs> that That shot that they have like coming into the fucking... Uh, like the hall where they all eat and it, the camera's like swooping in and going across the floor. Man, that's the exact same shot that was leaked like a year ago. It's funny. Um, the game looks good though. I mean, if you're a Harry Potter fan, if you're like an RPG fan, if you're a fan of, uh, I was I was talking to my roommate about it. If you're a fan of Bully, I think that this game looks pretty cool. You know, being on the grounds, going to classes, being a student, uh i love that sort of thing if it's if it's like an open world kind of mechanic in the same way uh a bully was or a bully was driven by um yeah i'm i'm i think hogwarts could be pretty cool yeah i think it looks pretty good um though i i i have a a stinking feeling that this is a game as a service kind of thing oh fuck just the way they were talking about going off on adventures with your pals and learning stuff at the school it's like, uh, it might be that there might be just all kinds of, you know, factions to earn rep for and uh, collectibles to collect and materials to material. And that, that seems like a lot, but also it also looks like a really cool world. So I, I think they can pull it off. I know they've been working on it for a hell of a long time. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's going to deliver. I think much of its success and popularity is going to hinge on whether or not there are four different storylines. You know, there's, there's four houses. There's got to yeah. be four different playthroughs of this game. Otherwise, it's just not going to feel like you're in the world of Harry Potter, I think. You're not genuinely in the world, at least. Well, I mean, uh, there will be two playthroughs and there will be two kind of. Ah, yeah, yeah. Fair. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Very fair. <laughs> Hufflepuff, baby, all the way. No, I think it's going to be... You bite that tongue. 
I think it's going to be a beautiful looking game with some whack ass bullshit gameplay. And also, yeah. I think that J.K. Rowling can go fuck herself in the alley forever and ever until the day her fucking bits rot off and she loses access to the genitals she doesn't deserve. I fucking hate her so much. She does have some opinions, doesn't she? Yeah, she's a, she's a scum-sucking troll who doesn't deserve another red scent from myself or anybody else on Earth. But uh, she'll keep making billions of dollars because uh, that's the way the world works. But it would make you feel better if the game turns out to be like beautiful but fully fucking shallow when it does release. That's mm. all I'm saying. <laughs> I would appreciate enough. that if it just happened to suck. <laughs> but I mean, for hardcore Harry Potter fans who try to divorce the art from the artist, then they will probably buy it anyway. So it doesn't really matter if it's good or not. <laughs> That is extra true. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things that will get bought anyways, regardless of quality, Call of Duty Cold War. <laughs> Looks kind of good, I guess. I like it, man. It does the, look the good. It does look, look good. Like, yeah, if you're a COD fan, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's looking like another good year. You know, last year was pretty good, and this year is looking like more of the same. Um, it's not reinventing the wheel. Uh, oh god have they ever <laughs> no but they they reinvented the wheel with um, Call of Duty 4 mm. and then never again yeah 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 they did it then and they were like no no this is good <laughs> yeah, guys we got it. <laughs> we're sticking with this yeah I remember that COD 4 just blew up and everybody was so into it and yeah you're right they never looked back and Cold War is looking good, man. But I will say, Cold War is looking good. I like what they're doing. I, I feel like over the past few years, they've tried. I know that their stories have not been great, but I feel like they've at least tried to write <laughs> something, you know, that's a bit more compelling. Yeah, the Black Ops stories have been good, and this is a Black Ops game, so... Yeah, yeah. You know, it should be all right. Um, I mean, good for a Call of Duty game, I would say. Yeah, yeah. You know? So... Yeah, no, I, I, I'm i looking forward to this. Uh, I'm looking forward to this for sure. I, I'm interested to see how they're going to implement Warzone into this now as well because Warzone fucking brought this franchise back from the dead, really. So, uh, and yeah. I don't know if they do or if they just kind of leave that as its own thing. Well, they, they've already said that Warzone will be a part of Cold War. Oh, did but, they? I missed yeah. that. But, I mean, like, I, I can't imagine they'd be bringing the same map over, you know? I'm sure it'll be, like, an all-new Warzone experience. I would, <laughs> I, would I would hope, at least. You say that now. Right? Like, <laughs> if, if they release the old map as, like, you know, free DLC down the line, sure. But if, 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 if they're launching... <laughs> free DLC. <laughs> free Can you hear yourself? But if they're launching with the old map, yeah, that's a problem. That's a, that's a problem, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the fucking maniacal laughter. That's good shit. <laughs> it's Activision. Yeah. Nothing is yeah, free. Yeah, you can't. Activision doesn't give shit away. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. And yeah. last, last but not least, unless you had something to say, James. No, I was just gonna say Activision and Blizzard teaming up is like <laughs> the two most like predatory minded. I, I, it's a match made in hell. Anyway, yeah, sure is. 
uh, a match made in Ragnarok. That's God of War 2. Hey. <laughs> they showed nothing, but I bet they it's going to be amazing. I was actually upset at how little they showed. I mean, and of course. Come on. But, um, yeah. I mean, if you look back on the rest of the show, what they'd already shown, they'd already dropped Final Fantasy 16, huge bombshell, all that other stuff. They didn't need to show anything. They just wanted to tell you, it's coming. And it's coming next yeah, year. Yeah, but we knew it was coming. Anybody who, pl- anybody who played the first game knew that the sequel was coming. Everybody knew that another Elder Scrolls game was coming, but that didn't make that reveal any less hype generating, you know? Yeah, um, everybody online was like super jazzed about God of War 2, even though they showed zero things. And well, yeah. here's something I find interesting. The reveal has no information whatsoever aside from the logo. And the release date is 2021. Generally, in my experience, these two facts are mostly incompatible when it comes to game development. Like you can't start from a logo and get to a game in a calendar year. You you can't. Right. Oh, there's no way they're at a logo. They've been doing something since that game came well, out. Well, like no, they, no, they no, have, no, no, they're they, all they have still a, sitting around looking at a fucking logo, figuring out where to go. They 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 have an engine pre-built. They have assets. They have all sorts of shit. But like, I'm just maybe I'm just very pessimistic by like I've been made very pessimistic by the fact that game companies move so much slower than the producers and the owners want them to. Mm. you know where it's just like it's done when it's done and they're like yeah but what about next year yeah and they're like no when it's done and then they just fight like that and that's when you get like these personally i think very optimistic turnaround times like if that game is not delayed like if they reveal a release date and then it comes out in that release date i will be genuinely fucking shocked i will be blown away because how many games in the last decade, have managed to achieve that that weren't made by Nintendo. I, they don't I would argue that Sony count. games are right up there with sticking to their release date. Outside of The Last of Us 2, which got pushed fucking 36 times, pretty much everything else has dropped when they said it would. Square Enix, heads up, so bad at sticking to release dates that it's embarrassing. I, oh, yeah. I think that's why they <laughs> obviously didn't show a date for that one. But that thing's Ooh. 2022 or later. Yeah. Um, who fucking knows? But yeah, I just, I just, I just feel like it's, uh, it's a big swing. I'll be pleased if they make it, but not surprised if they don't because game development is very hard. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, what is also apparently incredibly hard, if not impossible is to coordinate the launch of pre-orders of a console without either fucking up the communications completely, a la PlayStation, or completely breaking the entire internet, a la Microsoft. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, the the PlayStation pre-order situation was a bit of a fucking mess, wasn't it? I have entered my information into several different outlets. Hopefully I'll be hearing back regarding a pre-order. Um, as far as your boy getting a PS5 come November, 
it's looking pretty dire. But it sounds like, James, you'll be getting one. Yeah. So uh, Somebody put up a link for the source. I went to that link. I got a PS5. Nice. That was kind of it. Yeah. Same here. It's very straightforward. I found the PS5 process incredibly painless from my perspective because there were there were no bots to steal all the consoles and break the uh, all the sites. Excellent, excellent. It just kind of yeah. happened one afternoon. I like it. I clicked Not the, the right afternoon, but it happened. Yeah, yeah, the wrong afternoon. I I don't know. Was there like a key communications person who was sick that day at Sony? Because they didn't send out any emails or anything. It was it was a complete mess after that showcase. They just bungled all the all the things that they should have had well, nailed down. Like, is Spider-Man coming out on day one? Because you said 2020 earlier in the show. Those things should have been really easy to squash, and they did not do a good job in this case. I think as far as pre-orders go, my guess would be that one retailer was like, but let's do it today and jump the gun. And then every other retailer was like, let's also do it today so we don't lose out on any customers. Yeah. Well, we for sure want to sell out. We yeah. better better put it up. Yeah. That's. <laughs> Walmart well, like even had that cheeky happen. ass fucking tweet where it's like, tomorrow, yeah, how about today? It's just like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean. At at some point, what can you even do? Like, what backlash can Sony possibly uh, attach to this that's going to make None. any sense for any of those big real? Yeah, exactly. Nothing. They 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 hold all the power and they exercise that power and demonstrated that like, as long as you deal with us, you do so on our terms or not at all, which um has been made apparent for years now with like. Release dates and announcements being leaked through places like Walmart and also Walmart and sometimes Walmart Canada. Um, you know. Also Walmart. They're pretty bad. Also for Walmart, it. yeah. Yeah. Once in a yeah, while they're they, pretty uh, Yeah. Yeah. They uh they are just fresh out of fucks to give. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> they just know they're they're they are the thing. Like if you don't have Walmart on board, you are gonna lose such a big chunk. Especially in, in the States anyway. Yep. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The Xbox thing didn't go that well either because I, I don't know about anyone else who's listening, but I sat there refreshing for literal hours because sites were just down, including Microsoft uh, store was just borked. So who knows? Do I have an Xbox? Maybe. Do I have a PS5? Probably yes. I have a confirmation for that one, at least. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fucking nice, you two. I hope you enjoy your fucking shiny new systems come November. I'm going to be sitting here like a fucking peasant playing my PlayStation yeah. 4. Dude, playing, well, you only live like two blocks from me. Just come shitty over. ass. Yeah, but it's fucking COVID. Playing shitty ass <laughs> Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima and all that old shit. And nobody wants anything to do with anymore. It's going to uh, suck. I, I, arguably, people are going to want something to do with Ghost of Tsushima when that Legends bit oh, comes out. Fuck, man. It's, especially when they get it going on the PS5, too. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be something else. I'm still churning through that, by the way. I haven't finished it yet. I'm deep yeah, into was... Act 3. 
was laughing the other week. Uh, was it two weeks ago? I thought that you were on a fucking six, seven day Tsushima bender. And you had gone away and your console was left on. <laughs> yeah. I kept waking up <laughs> and like, seeing you playing online it? playing Ghost of Tsushima. I'm like, God damn, this dude is ripping it up. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, man. I can't be stopped. Yeah. You know who thought... else can't be stopped? It's Solid Snake. And apparently, if sources are to be believed... They're making a Metal Gear Solid remake. Yeah. Remake? Uh, Remake? So if the sources uh, are lying about it, sources can go fuck themselves. Um, This better be happening. It's been long enough. Fans of MGS have wanted this remake to happen ever since the Twin Snakes came out and disappointed fans. Of the original MGS. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 20, what? It would be 22 years later. I mean, well, God knows when the year would be. So let's just, let's just say 23, 24 years later it would be. And uh, so you know that they're going to have to recast or, you know, uh, do something with the voice acting. I mean, they, there's no way that they're going to get the entire cast to come back all this time later. Uh, you could still get Cam Clark as Liquid Snake. You'd do it. Cam, you can get David. You can get uh, uh, Paul. What's his last name? Eiling? Eiling? Mm-hmm. To come back and play Campbell. Like, he's still in the game. Uh, you, you, like, you can definitely get the heavy hitters. You can get the ones that you need to come back to come back. Um, who, who do you sneak in to play? Uh, who do you sneak in Troy Baker as? Who does oh, he play? Oh, my God decoy octopus so he gets one scene no that's yeah, that's right. mean that's mean i'm fucking harsh on troy baker lately man i'm <laughs> troy if you're listening to this you're great i actually really like your work and if i were to cast you in the original mgs remake you you do that fucking southern like cool voice really well you could just play ocelot again you played you played the young ocelot. You could just play oh, the old one though. That's probably more likely. But I was gonna say he'd make a badass gray fox. Ooh yeah okay okay. Oh yeah, that's nice. That's a good pick. But anyways, if they remake this game with like modern level design and modern controls and a modern like I don't know mechanical progression system, mm-hmm. it could be amazing. Wasn't the problem with the original when they did a new version like Twin Snakes or whatever? Wasn't the issue that like certain bosses were made like embarrassingly easy as soon as you gave the player a new camera angle to fuck with? Yep. We were talking about this before the show started. Yeah, like Ocelot. So like, does, uh, does that not mean that like a new version will have the same problem no they just need to take out first person view they need to take out the first person camera and those issues every single one of those issues that people had with the bosses being made easier will be taken care of or if they go down the route that's not a remaster and is a complete remake completely scrub the level design scrub the island of shadow moses ground up make something new and go completely off the wall with fuck uh, you know, a different spin on the story or a different twist on the story, like an alternate reality story. That'd be I crazy. would be so into that. Yeah, that'd be crazy. 
especially you were making the point before we started that if Kojima and Blue Point were to get involved, I mean, <laughs> what a match made in heaven, right? <laughs> Just uh, Kojima to come up with ridiculous camera angles and silly stuff to happen, and Blue Point to make a you know a faithful adaptation of the of the original stuff. Exactly. Uh, you know, I I want this to be done by fans for fans. The people making this game now, they're going to be the guys that grew up on MGS, and I think that it's just going to be a wonderfully faithful uh, reimagining, recreation, whatever route they want to take. I have faith in this. I have so much more faith in this than I did the Twin Snakes. My problem is that Konami presumably will still be involved, and if Konami's involved, Kojima probably won't be. And if Kojima's not involved, then they can't really do anything new with the story without it coming across as, like, fan fiction. Oh, yeah, it's Metal Gear Survive type bullshit, or, or yeah. even and uh, like, Revengeance. Metal Gear Solid is already a series of weird, long, overly complicated love letters to, like, Western cinema you can't run that through a secondary filter of like somebody trying to emulate Kojima because you get something too awful to look at directly. Oh yeah. And that's like, that's no shade on whoever they get to do this. It's just that like you're asking them to do something difficult at best, impossible at worst that like, you know, his is not really a style you can emulate because his is a style rooted in emulation and yeah no Paul, yeah i just don't i don't see him coming back weren't you saying though that there are some rumors that konami wants to sell the ip that's a key point that uh, Rhett and i already talked about and we decided not to bring up again uh <laughs> is that uh, there have been some rumblings that sony might be interested in acquiring or at least licensing a lot of uh konami's ip you know there's always the rumors about silent hill there's these now rumors about Metal Gear, I'm sure they would love to do a take on Castlevania. Um, so if that's the case, and Konami is just out of the way, except as the IP holder, that kind of leaves Sony open to, you know, utilize that connection they've got with Kojima and yeah. a bunch of other studios and maybe go off the rails. Fair enough. And then uh, as well, they definitely did mention that uh, MGS 2, 3, and 4 would be getting some sort of remaster treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this remake were to were to happen, I don't know, like, they, they, they didn't specify if it was going to be, like, a collection of games. I can't imagine that all four of these would be in the same package. Um, but, I mean, if they are, that's a hell of a deal. Um, but, yeah, 2, 3, and 4, they did say would be getting some sort of remastering at least. Uh, just not a remake in the way that MGS is apparently, <laughs> you know, uh, apparently is being done or, or apparently is being worked on. See, that would be kind of weird because, like, you'd have the 2, 3, and 4 that are just, like, upscaled but still looking pretty dated, and then MGS1 just looking, like, super hot and, like, <laughs> full-throated, like, ray-tracing power you're like, oh, this first game is amazing. I can't wait to play the sequel. And it's just womp, womp, womp. I mean, uh, honestly, like, 3 still holds up. I think 3 still looks pretty fucking good. 
uh two like two looks good as well just the character models look a little bit plastic like i guess you could say uh and then like four looks amazing still four is gonna look amazing for a long long time i think that's like resident evil though you know they remake one or two of those and the rest of the series still kind of looks like trash so i i if the first if they remake one and it's successful i can't imagine that they wouldn't continue that process yeah. And and remake the other ones over the course of the the lifespan of the console. Yeah, yeah. Especially like we, we were saying it. If MGS comes out and it will, you know, if this remake is true, if this actually happens, it's gonna come out. It's gonna do amazingly well. It's gonna sell millions of units, I think. And the green light for two, three, and four, they'll get it. You know, it'll be a thing. Yeah. yeah. We can hope, man. In the same way that RE did, you know? RE2 came out and was a massive success. And now we got three. I'm sure we're going to get, if not Code Veronica, RE4 next. And uh, so on and so forth. You know, guys, I just realized we didn't actually talk about the games we've been playing. Mm. Uh, Because there was just news. There was so much news. It was a big week. That Xbox but, buying Bethesda news was huge. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But also this week, Super Mario 3D All-Stars came out, right? It did. James, you've been playing it, right? I have. Is it good? Yeah, it's it's weird because it's basically just the three games cleaned up resolution-wise so they play properly on modern televisions. It's it's oddly more noticeable in Mario Sunshine because they're still using the same pre-rendered cutscenes from the original game and those look worse now <laughs> than the actual gameplay. Mm. Cuz it's the, the gameplay is like clean and bright and perfect and beautiful and the cutscenes have this weird kind of like painted look. It kind of works, kind of doesn't. It looks fine, but, like, the actual gameplay looks better now, which is weird. Um, Mario 64, the character models look really clean, but then some of the, like, surface textures for, like, the objects and the environment are still really fucking muddy. <laughs> but, like, the controls are fi- perfect, and, like, everything tr- maps well to the new system, and you have access to all three soundtracks, and that's cool. I haven't touched Mario Galaxy yet, I just played and finished Mario 64, like got to 70 stars and beat Bowser for the third time in like a day and a half. Mm-hmm. And then started in a Mario Sunshine and I'm at like 18 or 19 shines. So I'm probably going to finish that and then start on Galaxy and, you know, because they're all three really good games. I will say that I've seen a lot of people pretty upset that Mario Galaxy 2 got the shaft. I don't think those people know how divisive Galaxy 2 was for like the majority of consumers. And I've heard I've heard a lot of counter arguments like from like years before this collection came out about how Galaxy 2 is just like this derivative knockoff continuation of the first game that doesn't really offer anything new and comes with all the same problems that the first one had. Hmm. But like again, it's a contentious title. I think I think Nintendo is fine for leaving it out. Personally, I think like if you're like new to the new to these games 
and you only play Mario Galaxy and you have to like hunt for Galaxy 2, odds are you're probably going to play the first one and be like, you know what, that was enough of that. That's that's I've explored that idea sufficiently. I can move on with my life. Most people will feel that way once they finish that game. Some people will be like, oh, I wonder what else they have to offer. But I feel like those people will be, relatively speaking, few and far between. All told, compilation is great. Doesn't really add a lot. Doesn't really have to. Three rock-solid games. Still good. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the controls line up really well. I noticed that, like, something I noticed in both games I've played so far is that I don't know if this is a new thing or an old thing, but Mario will sort of, like, stick up against, like, ledges and, like, hug the wall a little more automatically than he used to, or, like, than I remember him doing. Hmm. And again, I don't know if this is something that was always the case, and I'm just, like, now re-experiencing it for the first time, but, like, I would try to, like, do, like, a backflip onto a ledge or something that was above me, and he'd just sit there and hug the wall, and I'm like, no, 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 move, 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 and, like, nudge him out further. Also, I forgot how, like, turbocharged Mario is in Sunshine where you just like hit the stick and he's just like woof, just like zooms and like you can have him like whipping off the fucking sides and into the abyss like so easy if you don't like get a really good grip on like the controls it's crazy how like slidey and shooty and zooby he is in that game yeah I, I we talked about this last time I think that's why I I kind of put Sunshine at the bottom of the 3D Mario game barrel is although I respect them for taking a big chance and going and doing something that was quite different from what was expected, I it just didn't quite work as well as the basically the rest of the 3D Mario stable, and maybe part of it is that that movement. I think it's more suited to like a speed running like type of gameplay, because like they do this in some of the like the 2D versions too where, like, a dominant play style that's kind of built into the engine is you moving crazy fast through every stage. So, like, it's it feels kind of, like, clumsy and, like, overpowered at first, but, like, once you, like, get the rhythm of it, you can be, like, leaping and skidding and sliding and jumping and bouncing from, like, bit to bit and stage to stage and spot to spot at, like, crazy high speeds. It's one of those, like, systems where, like, mastery of it is more difficult, but when you do so, it's, like, very rewarding. But more than that, I think the thing that really endears me to Mario Sunshine is there's something, like, genuinely delicious about the aesthetic. <laughs> like, it's, it's not only bright and shiny and clean, but it's like, I can taste these fucking graphics. And it's what keeps me coming back to, like, stages and stuff like that, even if they're, like, sometimes frustrating or, like, complex or, like, annoying. Where it's like, oh, man, I get that fucking shine. It looks so good. And I, 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 I can, like, practically taste these fucking graphics. And, like, all the environments are so clean and bright and pretty. And everybody's, like, so chill and cool. And it was just something about, like, the look of the game. You're like, oh, fuck yes. <laughs> Delfino, fuck yes. I'm so glad to be back. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair enough, man. Everybody's chilling on Delfino. And they each character kind of looks like a, like, I don't know, a jello mold almost. Interesting. Totally. Uh, on my end, I played the uh, the recently released three-level demo of Crash 4, oh. Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time. And is it about time? I fucking hate it. <laughs> oh, fuck. <Yeah. laughs> 
I hate it so much. God damn if, if you're a person that remembers Crash Bandicoot, any of the Crash Bandicoot games, you know what this game is about. You know, you're running away from the camera, you're running towards the camera, jumping over pits, going around things, spinning around and grabbing apples. Right? Yep. Yeah. That's what I would have thought. Oh, fuck. But there are so many fucking mechanics in the three levels that are in there. There's three completely different mechanics that are not explained in any way, shape, or form. Maybe they will be in the main game. But it's like, you, know, you grab a, a power-up and all of a sudden uh, they say, you know, just push push a button to slow down time. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but then it stacks mechanics on top of that throughout the course of the level. And it's it's like the game just doesn't like you. It doesn't want you to have a nice time. And for me, the problem is that there was nothing wrong with the Crash Bandicoot formula, if that's the thing you were going after. But I feel they should have either stuck with that Crash formula and done that thing really well in a new style, or they should have taken Crash and put him into a new style of game with lots of mechanics and stuff. The two yeah, things but, just uh, do not mesh well for me. But, but Crash wasn't always just running to and from the camera. Like they, they, well, you know they're they side-scrolling. There's lots stuff. of stuff going on. Yeah. They, well, I mean, Crash Warped, they had a bunch of different shit in that game, you know? Didn't they have jet skiing and... I guess the motorcycle riding was kind of just riding away from the camera, but wasn't there different stuff that they did, like sports as well? Didn't they have, like, a volleyball-type game in there at, at some point? And, um, Maybe. Right? I, Maybe. I, I was kind of off or done with Crash after Crash 2. Yeah, fair. Um, and, I, yeah, see, I think Warped was 3, wasn't it? Yeah, I, anyways, I feel like this is going to be kind of a divisive game. Some people yeah. are going to just absolutely love it. Yeah. But for people who went into it looking for a Crash Bandicoot game, I don't know. Unless they do a way better job in the full game of making this progression of mechanics make sense, uh, it was it was very disjointed in the way they presented it in the demo. It was just like three random levels from somewhere mm. in the game. Right. Okay. I don't know. Not for me. Uh, anybody else? James, I know you played your most anticipated game, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of hard to describe or explain, which makes my successful attempt at writing a review for it all the more impressive. <laughs> um, essentially, it's a 2D side-scrolling visual novel with uh, combat sections that are kind of like they take place over like a 3D radar screen with icons using high-powered weapons to blow each other up by the dozens. Um, there's a lot of time travel, like like not st- not time travel you like actively participate in. You're just like following along the story, and it's like, oh no, this person's not from 1985. They're from 1945, or they're from 2025, or they're from 2064, or they're from 21 something. Or they're from a different dimension. Mm. Or they're a robot. Sometimes there are a lot of those things at once. Jesus. (laughs) And, like, people are, like, having their memories wiped and getting new identities. And, like, uh, people are, like, backstabbing people. And, and, and like, uh, uh, the the story starts, like, in medias res. And then, like, it'll leap from, like, time period to time period. 
get like a notebook or something and take like good notes, I guess is my recommendation. But you don't have to. Like I can more or less follow the stories that went along. But like sometimes I was just like, I get so many fucking characters crammed in my brain. I feel like my, it's giving me a headache almost. It was just like, there's so much shit. But like on the flip side, as far as anime style games and storylines go, God damn, this is some of the better writing I've seen of like any sort of anime style game that I've played like in recent memory, just generally. Wow. Like these are, these are characters who like have like understandable and interesting motivations. And then like, and, and, and they're like being dragged into these crazy conflicts and, 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 and uh, there's not like the clear demarcations between good characters and evil characters. Just people are just doing these things because they've been like some nefarious motherfucker has like found their like prime motivator and weaponized it against them and like um the art is weirdly both beautiful and extremely limited. Like Vanillaware has this style of graphics they've leaned on since the PS2 days where it looks like a really cool uh painting almost in like a sort of like uh, stilted stop frame kind of motion style that looks beautiful and weird and kind of anachronistic. But like some of the shots of like the classrooms during like the dusk hour or whatever, there's like this beautiful golden light sort of like filtering into the windows and like the polished wood floors and walls are just kind of like glistening a little bit. And there's these like characters meeting in these like beautiful locales and like schools and cityscapes and stuff like that. And it's just like, just these perfect backdrops. It's just like, Oh, this looks amazing. And then you like, you see the mechs and they, they have like maybe three frames of animation and they take up like two thirds of the screen. And then the combat is like, I cannot overstate how weirdly simple the combat sections are where it's just like, here's a bunch of dots on the radar screen. And this, this 3d icon represents uh, the, the kaiju, and then one of your guys will, like, launch a missile attack, and, like, 40 fucking missiles will, like, stream out from this one dot and, like, hit, like, 30 guys, and, like, a whole bunch of explosions will, like, chain out and go off. It's, it's very, like, simple yet complex is, is, like, a woefully insufficient way to describe the game, but at the same time, it very neatly encapsulates a lot of what you're going to experience during your playthrough. Mm. It's a very strange looking game because uh, yeah. just looking at the trailer here, parts of it I'm like, wow, that looks really, really good. And then other sections, like when it's showing a menu, I'm like, this kind of looks like a PS3 era game. Yeah, or like PS Vita. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's it's like a vanillaware signature. Like, if you look at their older games, they're about as beautifully. Like, graphically, they've looked the same since, like, 2006. Yeah. Because they just figured out what they were good at and never changed, which, good on you guys. But, like, I feel like fans of the developer and, like, they're sort of, like, the Vanillaware brand, like, know what they're getting into. And, like, anybody who's, like, newly introduced to the series is going to be, like, thrown right off. Like, what the fuck are you showing me are you sure this came out in like 2018 or 2019 like yeah man <laughs> are you absolutely certain but like honestly um i don't know i just got right into the rhythm of it the graphics didn't even fucking matter after a short while i'm like oh yeah no this makes perfect sense of course it looks like that you know <laughs> it's just like yeah 
And like, yeah, the writing is, is actually good. And I have a very high bar for that in video games. If you read my reviews, that's the thing I tend to shit on because it's like, yeah, you guys could have tried a little harder, but you didn't. But these guys, oh, fuck, man. Just this big, beautiful, interconnected puzzle piece. Like, 13 main characters that all intersect and interact in, like, dozens and dozens of different subtle little ways. Yeah. It's fascinating. Well, that's awesome. Check out 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, if you want some anime goodness. Yeah. Confusing, uh, strange anime goodness. Yeah. Anything you wanted to bring up, Rhett? <laughs> Uh, I mean, uh, I've been playing a little Tony Hawk, a little Dead Cells, a little Breath of the Wild. Ooh. That's all very unimportant. What is important is, and I know people have been waiting for this, your boy finally hit day number 365 on his Red Dead Redemption 2 online streak. It's been a hell of a year uh, turning this game on every day to... Uh, time and time again, be disappointed with what Rockstar is bringing to the table. Uh, year two, I don't know if I'm going to make it through. I don't know if I'm going to make it through. Um, There there needs to be much, much more out of Rockstar over the coming months if I'm going to be sticking around with this thing because it's fucked. God damn it, dude. We agreed that you weren't going to bring this up. Oh, (laughs) fuck. (laughs) I figured you get to day 365 and then that like sense of like hollow emptiness would steal over you and be like, nope. And then you just uninstall the game and we never hear about it again. I got to day 365 and I expected a fucking phone call from Rockstar saying, hey, thanks for sticking for the game, sticking with the game this long. We know it sucks. Yeah, it sucks and there's no content. (laughs) And apparently the online, I hear people talk about uh, Red Red Dead 2 online's environment and they're not nearly as nice about it as you are no and you're no, like rest no. not being nice that yeah, yeah that that is true i am being kind um the only thing that makes me kind of happy about it now over these 300 pa- these past 365 days is i've accumulated actually like hundreds of dollars worth of gold and like they sell their gold for like a ridiculous price on the PlayStation Store, and I've I've accumulated hundreds of dollars worth of it naturally. So uh, I don't know. I'm I'm happy about that. We'll, we'll see if I ever actually get to spend it on anything. Exactly. Yeah, that would, exactly. That would like, what can you do lovely. with the gold? Nothing. Well, I mean, you can buy everything in the game with the gold if you want. Um, but I agree with you that like there needs to be more of a purpose for it, you know. Um, being able to buy the Lancaster Repeater with either, you know, five hundred dollars or twenty five gold, that's not enough. There needs to be more done with these fucking different uh, levels of currency. But yeah, not to go on a fucking Red Dead tangent. We've been here a while. Fuck that game. Yeah. No. All right. Yeah, dig. Well, yeah, I guess we dig it. Yeah. We'll, we'll dig it. Yeah. That's been Press X the Podcast, episode 320, week of September 21st, 2020. It's the one where we talked about that giant Xbox deal buying Bethesda. It's also the one where we talked about the PlayStation 5 price and pre-order fuckery and Metal Gear Solid. You know, we covered it all. Guys, we covered it all. It was a big news all, week. All the things. Big, big news week. Huge news week. And uh, 
likely to continue for the foreseeable future as we approach these console launches because there's still a lot of stuff that we don't know about these things like you know what features do they have we don't know we do know that the playstation 5 disc version is going to be the largest home console ever that's a thick boy the dimensions were released yeah it's apparently fucking massive so prepare your entertainment centers yeah, it's it's bigger than the fat PS3. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah, it's hefty. As long as I can lay out on its side, I don't give a shit. I got to, I got I got I got space to grow as far as that goes. <laughs> but if they made me like, like like tower sitted or whatever, like fuck off, man. How about you, PlayStation, buy me a new entertainment center that accommodate this gargantuan fucking beast? Straight up. If they want to compete with the Microsoft, you know, not only their Game Pass, but their uh, financing uh, that they've come up with with the Series X, if they want to compete with that, I don't know, throwing a new home entertainment center in there, that'd be a nice start. Well, what I do know is we've been Paul, Red, and James from Cog Connected. James, who has room to grow, in that one direction specifically. <laughs> if you want your gaming news, reviews, previews, videos, features, all that stuff, head over to cogconnected.com, head over to the YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and all the other stuff that we're on, and get all that stuff. Just gobble it up. Click on everything, we love it. Also, we'd be very grateful if you'd provide a review for this podcast. Just go and hit the five stars. That's the only one you need to know about. Write down how much you love it. We'd We'd love you for that. We would. We would love each and every one of you for that. Both emotionally and psychologically, spiritually. Brett, maybe physically? I can only have so many fake accounts giving us five-star reviews. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> Brett, one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.